0: Welcome to the Value Script, the podcast where we bring value every episode for the everyday person. We are your hosts, Lonnie and Meredith Carmichael. And today we are grateful to continue with our awesome uh, guest, our awesome guest, our awesome guest. New host. (laughs) (laughs) New host. taking over, Ryan Wade. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Welcome to the show again, Ryan. Thank you. Um, As we discussed last time, Ryan is a certified trauma therapist. He is trained in EMDR, he's trained in hypnotherapy, he's trained in a lot of stuff. So if you got issues, he can probably help you. <laughs> <laughs> and we all got Fingers crossed. <laughs> we'll see. We were just talking off camera about um, helping your kids become healthy adults. Mm-hmm. And Meredith had an experience with our 8-year-old the other day when she was like, just deciding she just decided she wanted to be upset mm-hmm. you know yeah and, and she, she, was, wanna, she was angry. She didn't want to
1: get ready for school she was tired she mm-hmm. was just very emotional mm-hmm. but you taught us tools that i was like right. hey paisley
0: <laughs> i know that was so is, cool what i we know can do. yeah she was, she was trying to get her to do some heart breathing and some tapping and uh-huh. she, like, she didn't want to right <laughs> she, right. Didn't, yeah. want she to. didn't want to at yeah. all
1: but but she finally calmed down enough to do it and it i mean it, it, it works so, right yeah
0: how important is that to start teaching your kids skills like this. Oh, man, it's
2: everything, you know. Um, and we were talking off camera how my siblings and I decided, right, that that all the kids being born, let's make them independent, healthy adults. And that is, you know, when you can teach them these things right off the bat, man, they're processing through everything. You know, even when they don't have the emotional intelligence, I mean, their frontal lobes don't develop until sometimes even, what, 16, 20 years old, somewhere in there. Um, so they physiologically cannot make good logical choices, you know? And we as adults expect them to do so. Well, no, it's not going to happen. So as adults, you know, you you have to sit them down and say, okay, here's what happened. How did you feel about that? You know, what are you going to change? Um, and, and, and that's really the most beneficial way is to kind of put the ball back into their court and show them, Hey, look, you do actually have those skills inside, but we're just going to bring those out, you know,
1: which is so much better than like, mm-hmm. why are you doing that?
2: Right. <laughs> Stop, <throwing tantrums. laughs> right. Stop
1: hitting your siblings. Right. Stop, you know what I mean? Yeah,
2: absolutely. So absolutely. Sad. But if, if they can cope and deal with it themselves, then you as parents, I mean, how amazing is that? You know, you, right. you can trust that they're going to actually be able to get through life's um, hard pitfalls, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, so it gives you a sense of security, right?
0: Absolutely. You know, I've actually heard too. One of the worst things you can do is blame your child for the emotion. They, they made you feel so mm-hmm. like, why are you always such a messmaker? or why are you always such, so loud? Or why are you always so noisy or, you know, you, you, Because that becomes their internal dialogue. Mm -hmm. I'm messy. I'm noisy. I'm annoying. I'm obnoxious. Right, and and you know it becomes
2: their internal dialogue because they they take everything as truth. You know, so <laughs> especially if it comes from a parent, maybe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. So I mean, and 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 that's the thing is that we want our bonds wow. with our parents, our caregivers. Of course, we do. So if our caregivers tell us, if we think or feel something, if there's a truth about us that our caregiver says, mm, that's not correct. That's not how we do things. You know then that's not how we're going to do things. Now, all of a sudden, um, the way that I really think and feel is not acceptable. So I'm going to choose my relationship with my caregiver. I, I have to, right? I'm dependent on them. Um, and so that's when we start to wear masks and not really tell our full truths. We can't be vulnerable, right? Because we've been told it's not acceptable. Not okay. mm mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, and, and that's really the sad part, I think, and why people are, are hurting so much is because they're just not really being authentic. They're not being themselves
0: Well, I, or they yeah. don't know who that is. I was going to say, right? in my case, in my case, it's, yeah, that, it's yeah, one, yeah. who am I? Right. Like, I get to know yourself. Like, mm-hmm. I was totally out of touch with that. Right. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing is being able to be vulnerable enough to be like, okay, Feel safe enough to be able to, like, this is my problem. Mm-hmm. Right. And not have the internal shame and guilt mm-hmm. stop. Or mm-hmm. even, I wouldn't even want to think about it because of the shame and the guilt. So right. I wouldn't even deal with what I knew I needed to deal with because right. I didn't want to go through the pain right. of feeling that. Yeah. But I didn't, but I realized that's so much more painful. Mm-hmm. Than actually getting to a safe place mm-hmm. and being able to go through this with somebody that's like you know somebody that can right. help you
2: like you. But why would you say that? I mean, uh, you know, and I want your opinion on this because um, why would you say that it's maybe hard to face those things or be accountable? Because a lot of people can't be accountable for their stuff, right? I mean, that's that's the real deal, right there.
0: I think because you don't give yourself permission to be okay with who you are. Right. You know? And, and for whatever internal programming, sense, yeah. whether it was, you know, from your cultures, mm-hmm. church, whatever. Um, you're just taught that if you act a certain way, you're bad,
1: mm-hmm. you know,
0: you do this bad, right. Versus I did this, it's information. Mm-hmm. Now, did I like the outcome? No. But do right. I need to judge myself? Right. No. I need. Right. To, I need to be gracious with myself mm-hmm. and let my allow myself to work through this. There's a reason I messed up that way. Right. You know, there's a reason I took that substance, or there's a reason right. I got in that horrible relationship. You know, it's not that I am inherently broken. Mm-hmm. It's I need to take that information for okay. Why did how did I get here? Mm-hmm. And then give yourself permission to go forward and and feel good about yourself mm-hmm. rather than. I think, man, most of my life, I felt an obligation to Mm. feel guilty when I did something that wasn't right. Right, yeah. You know, and that obligation, it didn't help. Mm -hmm.
1: Well, it just makes you feel shame and you're stuck in the shame and you're just thinking, what's wrong with me? Why why am I making these decisions? Why am I Uh, acting uh, this way? And and you don't ever... Why can't I be a better husband? Yeah. You know? Mm. And
0: that's where it goes sour, right?
2: Because, excuse me, guilt is really more... Guilt's really more of a motivator. Like it, it really can be a good thing to motivate us to do better because guilt is, oh, I don't, I don't like that outcome, right? So I want to do better. But the issue is, is when the shame comes in and the shame comes in and now we can't be vulnerable because that shame tells us that we're unworthy. It tells us that we're unloved. It tells, it tells us all of those, you know, nasty things about ourselves that we believe based upon our upbringing, you know? Um, so how can we do better if we think we're worthless? I mean, right. nine times out of 10, when people come into my in, into session, you know, it, it it's about their worthiness. It's about what they feel about themselves. So if I really loved myself, I'm going to make those changes. I'm not going to fear change. I'm going to be okay with accountability, right? We're not able to be accountable because, well, one, we don't really know what to do to overcome stuff or to make that change, you know, and, and this is familiar, you know, I mean, somebody comes in and they're in depression all the time, but yet won't make the steps to overcome that because even though it's miserable, being in depression is what's familiar and comfortable. Yes, You know, because our system doesn't like change. Remember that. I was going to say, yeah,
0: why, why do we allow ourselves to stay stuck? It's because it's comfortable.
2: Right. You right. Know? It totally is. And, and, and again, change is really scary. So we make it as painless as possible so we can say, Hey, look, it's really okay to take accountability for what you did because actually that's empowering. And we just don't judge that anymore. You know, it's not shame on you for being an alcoholic anymore. Right. right? It, it can't be. You know, it really can't be. So that just helps you stay stuck. It does. It does. It's, it's the label, you know, it's the label. And how is anyone going to do any good? Like I said, when they think that they're not worthy.
0: Well, especially if you wake up every day and (laughs) tell yourself you're an alcoholic, Mm -hmm. you're always going to be an alcoholic. Mm -hmm. Then you will. Right. Right. You know, and I know that's, I want to be careful with that because that is, that's a big tenet of one of the major health programs, right. <laughs> you know. I mean, and that's one of the things I don't like about that particular program, but. But it works for the people and for well, people that it's worked for. That's just, you know, it. however yeah. you get
2: sober is, is great. I don't like the labels, um, yes. but, but I also understand, you know, the good, right, that that has done. And, and everybody is wherever they are in their journey. And what works for one doesn't work for another. Well, and I think it's know? being honest about your
0: vulnerability mm-hmm. is really what that statement's about. You know, mm-hmm. like, you know, being honest with this is this is a potential weakness I can always fall back into very easily. Right. right. But if I love myself enough. Mm -hmm. I want the outcomes that are good for me. Mm -hmm. Then I'm no longer going to have to numb myself out. Yeah. Or nor will I want to anymore. Right. Well, and I was thinking
2: like, that's actually a really good segue into what you were talking about, about the fight, right? (laughs) Because, because what is good for you guys in your healing and in your relationship is not necessarily good for me or good for anyone else or, you know, so that's part of the reason that it's so important to do what we did during that session
0: uh, so let's talk about that a little bit so okay. a couple weeks ago i'm just gonna be a little vulnerable here Meredith and i had a really epic fight on a monday it was terrible mm-hmm. and um it sounds like a monday it was terrible mm-hmm. <laughs> it okay. was you know was i mad. i i said something that made her feel a certain way she said something back that i didn't like and i just left Mm-hmm. i was like well if that's how we're gonna play i i i need to get out of this environment before i you know start throwing nuclear bombs around and, and make it really really bad mm-hmm. and so then i while i was out i text ryan i was like hey i need help you know we just we just had an epic fight um you know we it didn't go well and i realized most of it was my fault and i needed to come in and work through some things. That's why we had the fight. It was because I still needed to work through stuff. Mm-hmm. And so we came in. And Ryan says, you know, come in Friday. I got a spot. So we came in. We come in Friday. And I'm expecting him to be like, okay, what would you guys fight about? What
1: you happened? Know, what
0: happened? And i mm-hmm. like, let's talk about it. We, he didn't do that at all. <laughs> at all. Uh, but, <laughs> <laughs> you know. you like a curveball. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it, was, it was totally unexpected. <laughs> you helped us understand kind of um, a background for... What you were gonna lead us through, and then you led us through a meditation session, essentially. Was I mean did you call it a meditation session? Yeah. But yeah, but we were, you know, we're we're in your office, we you know, we closed, we we're sitting next to each other, you got us close our eyes, we started doing heart breathing, heart focused breathing, mm-hmm. and then we actually started tapping, mm-hmm. you know, we were we were sitting there, we we're going tapping back and an forth, tapping, yeah. you know, yep, yep. and then we were thinking about our safe place. Mm-hmm. And then all evidence
2: and research as to why this is working. Yeah. Right. To
0: get to that coherence. Right. Mm -hmm. Once we got into a coherent state, then you asked, was there anything that really upsetting that it was, was there a particular upsetting emotion that you've had recently? Mm -hmm. Something to that effect. Yeah. Think about
1: something that really upset you recently. Like what was that moment? Think about it and, and what it was that made you so upset. So I went
0: straight to thinking about our fight. Right. Me too. I think you did too. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yep. Right. Here's the
1: moment. Top of the list. <laughs> right? Here we <you> go.
0: Right. <laughs> and, and then all of a sudden, I felt this release. Mm-hmm. Gosh, that just made me emotional. It's amazing. Like, I felt this release. And I all mm-hmm. of a sudden had total empathy for my wife. Mm-hmm. And I understood why she said what she said to me that made me so mad. Yeah. And I had empathy for that. Like, mm-hmm. I was okay with it. Mm-hmm. Like, I got it. Like, I probably would have said that too. You know, I I realized and, and it was so healing, like you taught us skills that we could use outside your office. Right. You know, mm-hmm. and you didn't solve our problem for us. Mm-hmm. You helped us learn how to work through that together. And that was so valuable for
1: us. Mm-hmm. So valuable. Mm-hmm. So valuable. And, and, you know, then I use those techniques. So Paisley, when she was having a hard time, but those skills help you because like we were, we were saying there's, there's going to be more fights. God, there we're just gonna mess up all There's, the there's going to be more problems know, that you I need know. to work through. But I really want to, like, I would love to have you talk about each of those things. The, the the yeah. breathing and the tapping like specifically what those are because that that helps you have your get your power back when you're having a hard time. Well,
0: and see so talk about why they work because I mean they still I mean on the surface the sound I'm not hokey but just okay. I got this major I'm all keyed up in my brain totally dysregulated and I'm going to go sit in the corner and breathe and it's going to work hmm Right. And the tap is like, okay, I'm going to do this, and I'm <laughs> going to feel never, better. I like, never oh. would have believed that. I
2: know, never. But it, it it's a it's a completely different way of thinking, and it's nothing that we were really taught to apply. You know, growing up, we um, <clears throat> we you know we have a similar background, of course, growing up in the same community, and um, and it's just funny because we. Um, again, we're hardwired for that risk assessment, you know, so to be preventative and say, okay, let's take this whole different approach, right? It's, it seems very scary. And, you know, because it's different, it's different from what our system says works. Um, And so, but I think what's important is that the reason, of course, that we don't go into, well, that I don't really go into your fight is because it is, in fact, your fight. And <clears throat> and it is, in fact, your perspective and your learning and your growth and your progression. How can I tell you <laughs> what it is that you need? You know, and, and so it's more important for me, crucial, in fact, to give you the skills so that you can do that for yourself, you know, and and it's important for me to arm you so that I can work myself out of the job. Um, it should not be a dependent, you know, kind of relationship for years and years and years where you guys have to come to me every single week. Um, y- you know, it's, it's supposed to make you stronger and, and make your family function better.
0: That, that's one thing I love. I don't know. I've, I've never heard a therapist say that. We've got great therapists, but I've never heard them say my job here is to work myself out of a job, to get me to where you don't need me. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I feel like in therapy, and you can probably speak to this way more accurately than I can, but it seems like it's almost like certain medical models where they they want you, the recurring business, they want Mm -hmm. you to come back Mm -hmm. because it pays their bills. Right. I mean, they want you to get better too. Absolutely. It's not necessarily malicious, but... um, I appreciate the approach.
2: It's kind of, it's a little bit selfless, I think, to say as a therapist. I mean, I've even looked at this, right? Um, Looking at a client as, oh, I'm really excited about their healing today. Or I'm really excited about accepting that payment. Really? Right. You know, so if, if, if my focus as a therapist is, man, I can't wait to have this amazing session you know the money comes after i mean that's because they're the importance you know right. um and so i think that's what happens it's just about being human too you yes. know well
1: and there's the mindset of like i can help this person i really can like as a therapist like you have the tools i can help you mm-hmm. but then there's the difference of let me teach you how to help yourself
2: well right right, right. yeah right. yeah teaching you to fish right yeah, i mean I that's that. that whole concept and um they're they're so much more powerful on the in the outside world and we need that i mean, I mean as we said right people are just upset and and I think you know ever since um quarantine and all of that you know and and our gyms were taken away and our restaurants were taken away and all those outside sources that we would use as coping skills now all of a sudden here we are stuck at home we got to figure out how to deal with this now (laughs) and
0: how to coexist in that yeah kind of ecosystem that we have and big
2: surprise there's a lot of divorces you know during that time period because now all of a sudden i'm stuck with this person that oh i don't even really care for them maybe or we don't have yeah, a good relationship maybe you don't know them or know them yeah. even yeah because because i have looked to outside sources right. you know to to make that all okay and and so after all of this is when um is when i realized oh wow people aren't really happy yeah so we need to figure out how to make that happen i think mm-hmm. there was something like a 400 percent increase in ssris and Mm-hmm. Depression medication, oh yeah, it's just crazy. Oh. Yeah, it really. Over-coved. I mean, it
0: was well, there was like a thirty percent increase in suicides. Yeah. You well, know, you, you took away social interaction.
2: Skills. You yeah. took away coping skills. You took. I mean, masks. I mean, that's you know now I can't read people's emotional expressions right. on their face. I mean, that's that's a part of connection.
0: Yeah. You know,
2: um, and then well, and a smile. I mean, I'm, yeah. You know,
0: in my industry, um. A smile matters. Yeah, you know? it really have does. You seen, have you seen that one meme where the guy's missing the eyebrow and but he's also missing the front tooth? No. <laughs> and, and it says, you know, um basically like you know, dentistry or or oral health is important because even though this guy's missing an eyebrow, you couldn't see that because you were focused on his tooth, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Well, that just shows you like how important a smile is. That's one of the first yeah. places you look at a person is yeah. their teeth, and if you take that away, like right. So That's a major social. Um, you miss a lot of cues. Yeah, I remember going read. to the
1: grocery store like once they finally remove the mask mandate, and it's like. Gosh, it's nice to see people smile. At you. I know. Just seeing strangers walking through the aisles. Well, and then, you know,
2: you know social media too, because that's all we had to rely on. And the fact of the matter is, because I see a lot of kids, we have to talk about how a um, social media interaction is not a real friendship. It's not an organic right. friendship right. because kids don't actually understand that, you know? It's the age that we're living in. So, um, but that took. All of that social engagement away, so no wonder we we were struggling. You know.
0: Well, but, hey, don't worry. I just saw last night the CDC is, is warning that there is a new, very contagious virus. I'm sure there is. Yes, <laughs> I know, right? I was like, contagious. of course they are. I'm
2: going to continue to live my life, but I hope, but I,
0: I hope it doesn't get. You <laughs> That's know, all go, I can do. I hope we don't go yeah. back in time two years. I'll and relive take the that. information and then just do the best I can. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> was it? Uh, was it on the train in Palestine? Yeah, they burned it. Probably. <laughs> oh yeah, man, what a mess! Sorry. No, sorry. <laughs> yeah. A couple of things I want to talk about. One, I think we we've hunted a little bit, but normalizing therapy, normalizing mm-hmm. um, that you're not an outcast if mm-hmm. you if you need to see a mental health professional, mm-hmm. and in fact, mm-hmm. normalizing to the point where it's it's you know it's easy to find. Well, it's easy to find, but a lot of successful people find coaches for. Mm-hmm. Mentoring their business in particular, or right. um, you know, coaches for different things that are physical, like a personal trainer. Mm-hmm. But it's not normal to have a mental coach, mm-hmm. at least from what I've seen. Mm-hmm. Um, why is that?
2: Um, I I think it's just because I mean we've come a long way, but there really was that stigma. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember working at a medical clinic. I was like 17 to 22 somewhere in there and we had a a, a mental um, health wing and getting a referral there everyone would talk about oh they're crazy you know mm-hmm. I mean it's really it's really too bad but, but you know you were we were we were told growing up you know you keep your stuff to yourself don't let anybody know and and, and I get that you know you don't want to air your your dirty laundry you really don't but but you definitely don't want to hide anything. You definitely don't want to because as we suppress and hide, well, one, we're not dealing with it, but two, it's we we think that it's shameful, right? Well,
0: yeah. Well, you don't want to turn your friend into your emotional dumpster.
2: No, uh, no, 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 no. That's not
0: fair to them. No, or, or your partner. Or not at whoever. all. Not but at all. But at the same time, you need a safe person to be able to talk to. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. sometimes that is with your with your partner, or right? Another or. Um, and sometimes it's with a physician, but usually not enough times,
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know, and a lot of times they don't, aren't necessarily trained. They're very trained in their specialty, mm-hmm. but they're not necessarily trained in, you know, the skills that right? you
2: to, to do that. Well, I have a really good friend who started a, um, uh, a nonprofit and, um, we've been doing um, some events, but I, what I loved about it is that it's basically it's, it's minority groups and, you know, and he was saying, you know, the, these people are getting up in front of a group and they're, you know, talking about their stuff and they're crying and they're broken down. And he's like, but I didn't see that these organizations really gave us the tools uh, to like, here's how you pick yourself back up. Right. Right. And rebuild yourself. And so that was why he did what he did. Pretty phenomenal. Um, and, and so You know, that's where it's really, really important to have these, these skills and these techniques shown to you. So it's like, okay, now every time, you know, you're down and out or on the floor or whatever, you're powerful enough to actually have something to do. You know, you don't have to resort to the drinking or the drugs or the, you know, sex or, you know, whatever it is that you thought fulfilled you, you know, before and and um you know and and let's go into like the coping skills right because you were wanting to talk about like why those mm-hmm. actually work mm-hmm. um so when we have a trauma it's so fascinating to me because research now shows us that when we have a trauma happen to us and a trauma by the way is just something happened to change my perspective on an environment person place you know thing Um, So it impacted me in a negative way to where I looked at it in a negative way. So that means that things went into fear brain, Mm -hmm. you know, instead of logic brain. So Um, so your
0: survival sense, your brain's trying to, mm -hmm. again, scan for threats. And then the trigger Mm -hmm. is what tells you, hey, this Mm is ready to work. Well, and, you know, I work so much with kids
2: that I have these little kind of analogies. But I I talk about like When you, you know, when you first started crossing the street, what do you do? You look both ways, right? Well, I found traumas that way too, because once it happens, then our system says, here's how it's always going to happen. And then we'll put into place all of these survival skills, coping skills, you know, Mm -hmm. so it thinks like the panic attack, right? Get you out of danger, um, but it's not the best choice, you know? So, so we have those in place. And so, um, so I love because... When we look both ways, we start to see, oh, wait a minute, though, this environment, although it used to be unsafe, now it's not unsafe. It really is okay. So I just need to start dealing with the body expressions you know so you've got the body that's affected by this trauma too you know all the sensations of oh my stomach is sick or you know um because of these things so you you have to address the feelings of the heart that's very separate and the the neurons have that information of that trauma the brain has that information of the trauma the the you know the the nervous system has that and then and by the way you know that the nervous system and the digestive system are so connected that if one's off the others off It'll, it'll affect the other. And, and so, yeah, if, if my nerves are shot, right, so is my digestive, you know, just look out for that. So, but if you know that, okay, now I know what to do, right? I know where to start. I know what to start or how to start implementing change for that. So we come up with these coping skills because once that trauma happens, now you have to address it kind of everywhere. You know, that's why you have to do body work because now those emotions are depositing in different places, right? I've seen on the table somebody who has fibromyalgia, which is typically like an overload of the nervous system. They can't deal with stuff because they're just so overloaded, right? So I've seen if you apply too much pressure, that is unsafe for them. Their entire body goes in towards the spine because that's a protective stance, right? The muscles get, become tight because that's armor. So if we arm ourselves with better ways of being safe, you know, then our body doesn't have to respond in those ways either. Isn't that cool, though?
1: I mean, I love that.
2: And so so like I can go do some talk therapy and I'll work it out in my brain and, you know, bring in the logic and here's what happened. But if I don't address it in the heart, I've still got some pretty gnarly emotions there. So I can deal with it here in the thoughts, but if I start to put feeling to it, ooh, that's bad. I can't go there, you know? So you do have to process it in all the different ways. And so the techniques that you're talking about, the first one is heart-focused breathing. So that's going to be the emotions of the heart, right? And getting that heart at that rhythmic pace, which is really the healing, optimal for healing for the body, Bring in all the oxygen, all of that. Um, We're going to... um, well, and then the breathing also, it sends that information, as we said, through the vagus nerve. So now we can start dealing with it in the mind. Anchoring is a safe stance. So when we have something that that puts us into fear brain, we need to now bring it back into logic. Okay. So if I have a fight with somebody, right, then maybe I'm going to associate while well, I had the fight on the phone. So now every time I see a text from them, I, ugh, I get sick to my stomach, you know. That's all of that is is in fear brain because our our system is saying, hey, remember when that happened? So you need to watch out for this. But but we have to look both ways before we cross the street. You know, it it just and that's me looking at the text going, oh, well, even though I'm sick, I love this person. This person loves me We're we've been friends forever. Right. So you're kind of just looking at all of the logic behind why being sick is not really an appropriate response there. You know, but that means now I have to put it into logic brain. So heart focused breathing will, will do that as well. Right. But anchoring does that more than anything because it's a safe stance. So anything where you can make yourself feel safe or feel, make the system feel safe is going to do that. So that really helps there. And then part of that is, and they call this the butterfly hug because it is like a butterfly and flapping your wings, but anything processing. So it's a back and forth movement that's going to, that's going to nail your nervous system. That's gonna that's you gonna happen. What i love too
1: is when you when you talked about how our our bodies are like subconsciously, we will do that. Like when people pace yeah. back and forth. Like yeah. that's when your you're brain. on the phone, right? Yeah, yeah that's you're, like like gonna you're, pace. you're trying to process mm-hmm. and all of that without even realizing realizing what you're doing. You're right, you're right. Yeah, You know, and and it's important to have
2: these tools like throughout the day because, you know, part of sleeping and going into REM sleep, this is why sleep is so important, is because REM sleep is all of that, right? REM sleep is, is our system processing everything that happened throughout the day, filing it into long-term. So if we don't get good sleep, then guess what? We don't get good processing, you know? So.
0: <laughs> Thank you for joining us for another episode of The Value Script. We hope you enjoyed our guest, Ryan Wade. We will be continuing this episode in part three. So stay tuned. Don't forget to clickety-click, like, share, and subscribe. Don't forget to share this with your friends and family. You may find this to be a valuable episode for them to see. We'll see you next time on The Value Script.